it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Today, we have Ferdy from the Dividend and Growth Investor. He's joining us to talk about, I know, shock dividends and other great stuff. So Ferdy has been writing for Seeking Alpha and his blog and also a new outfit, Portfolio Insights. And we're going to be talking about all those great things as well as dividends. I know, big shock again. And it, this is going to be Andrew's favorite episode ever because he loves dividends as well. So Ferdy, thank you very much for joining us today. We know it's very, very early where you are. You're in, in the Bay Area, so it's, what, 7 o'clock in the morning. So we appreciate you getting up this early to come talk to us. You're welcome, and I'm happy to be with you guys. Awesome. Well, I guess, could you kind of, maybe we could just start off like explaining how you got into dividends. How did you get into investing in dividends? I, I'd really like to know that story. Well, in 2002, I, I came to the United States from South Africa to join Pixar, where I'm currently working as an effects artist. And we basically started over. You know, I just turned 40 at that point. And, you know, we, we realized we have to start thinking about saving for retirement. And so we took a financial course. And in the beginning, I didn't know anything. You know, I, you know, what's a mutual fund? Well, then I, I, I would just Google that and, and learn that way over time. Just terms that came up that I just didn't understand or know about. I just did research. And then I started, you know, just following some newsletters, investing, actually more, you know, trading. <laughs> and then I discovered the, 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 the idea, the concept of dividend investing around about 2012. And that just made total sense to me. And I stopped trading. <laughs> and I started, I started thinking more about long-term investments, quality stocks, and so forth. I followed some other dividend growth bloggers and then thought it would be a good idea for me to track my own progress and and write my own blog never written a blog before and so i i started divgrow in 2013 and uh, you know i've been almost almost 10 years now wow so you're a designer a writer and an investor you have many talents 
Yeah, and, you know, and a computer scientist and a, and a visualization expert and things like that. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun hobby. It's, it's, you know, it, it's an interesting way of thinking. It's a way to sleep well at night and not worry about what the stock market is doing and things like that. So that's why, you know, I, I love dividend growth investing. Oh, I mean, I love it too. I think people will love this episode with just the the fact that you're a hobbyist, you're doing it on the side, you've been there, you've been doing it for a long time. There's obviously lots of different reasons to get excited about dividend growth investing. If you had to laser focus on one or two that just makes you the most excited about this kind of investing style, how would you describe that? Well, for me, it's really about growing an income stream there there are two components to dividend growth investing obviously one is dividends you know you get paid for owning a little share of a company which is so cool you know if you if you own 10 stocks you own pieces of 10 companies which is which is great i own a little bit more than 10 but but nevertheless it's it's fun to drive by, say, McDonald's or Home Depot and know that you own a piece of that company. But the second component is the growth component. And, you know, I have some dividend growth companies, meaning these companies pay dividends, but they also raise their dividends every year. And so you have this built-in built in income growth, which is which is super awesome. And it just means that you are almost guaranteed a raise every year and you can make money. You can increase your income. You, you can invest more using that, that, that dividend income and sort of do compounding in two, you know, in two ways. You get the growth from the dividend growth stocks, but you can also get growth by just reinvesting that that income flow into more more stocks and it's sort of a double compounding f- effect which is fantastic yeah you're you're speaking in andrew's love language because that that's that's what we've been talking about for almost five plus years so it's it's nice to hear it it's nice to hear it from a, another voice that's sure do you find that there are misconceptions around dividend growth investing things that investors should think about and use it to maybe pay more attention and not write off dividend growth investing as some stereotype? Well, I I think one of the, one of the things to really understand is that there, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there are two components and as a, as a beginner, I made the mistake of chasing yield, and I think a lot of dividend, uh, beginner dividend growth investors make that mistake. And it turns out that you know about you know a, a very large percentage of very high yielding stocks are actually not very good stocks, you know, very high, you know high quality stocks. Too. So it it's really important to to see quality um, in 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 dividend growth because <clears throat> the idea is to try and invest in something for the very long term. You know, years, decades. You know, if you if you have that long, and so it's important to choose the best, the highest quality stocks. And I think the 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 other component to this is that you want to try and stay with a company and stay with the stock because that gives you the 
the, the, the best opportunity to, you know, to grow your, your income stream. And, you know, I think if you come to dividend growth investing with a, with a trader's mentality, then, you know, there are things that are at odds. A trader wants to, you know, buy low and sell high. A dividend growth investor wants to buy low and, and collect income, you know, from a sort of a value, value standpoint that, that gives you the best opportunity to grow. But for me, I would rather buy a high quality company, even at a small premium, than to buy a substandard or mediocre companies at a discount, right? For this reason, it's that, that, you know, you're going to be in the stock for a very, very long time. And uh, with high, you know, with, with high quality dividend growth stocks, the so-called blue chip dividend growth stocks, they rarely trade at a, you know, at a, at a huge discount just precisely because they're, they're really good stocks. And as soon as their yield climbs, people get into it and drives the, <laughs> drives the yield down. And so therefore, you know, I have a, I have a system where I, where I look at the quality, you know, through a, through some metrics, do a quality assessment. And for the highest quality stocks, I'm willing to pay up to 10% above fair value because I realize that to get into those very high quality stocks, you have to pay a bit of a, bit of a premium. Can you give us an example of, you mentioned metrics to determine quality. Can you give us one example of that? Yeah, there, you know, there are different, Metrics. I use a system that developed by a Seeking Alpha author called uh, David Van Nat, and uh, he had this snapshot quality quality assessment. Um, uses five metrics, and over the past three years or so, I've really grown to trust this system as a as a way to filter really good quality stocks. Things like the, the S and P credit rating, Morningstar's Moat rating, Value Line has as two quality metrics that contribute to this to the score and then one that i've also grown to trust a lot is simply safe dividends dividend safety score so there are five of these you know five of these elements that contribute to making up a score that i then utilize to to fix to, to to pick candidates for investing in so you're leveraging other people's ideas and research Sounds like it would save a lot of time. Oh, yeah. You know, as a hobbyist, I this is not my full-time job, right? So I think it's important to to look at resources, you know, that, that, that are available and use them as, as smartly as you can. Even, even for assessing a company's fair value, you know, I've in the past, I've done, you know, the dividend discount model and so on, ways... But I've, I've realized and I've found that for the type of research that I want to do, I want to look at hundreds of companies. And to do that kind of analysis on 100-plus companies is you know, beyond my, my ability and time. But there are great resources out there that, that publish their assessment of fair value. And if I can access those trusted third-party sources – their fair values. I can create sort of a, a survey approach to fair value assessment, and that's what I do. Yeah, that's interesting. So, 
I like the the way that you're using those resources to help you get to where you need to go. So I guess if if we're if somebody was to come to you and say, I want to start building, uh, you know, a dividend growth portfolio, how would I start? How would somebody start, you know, deciding what companies to look at and then, you know, kind of going from there? Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money. Not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. Let's be honest here. Your sex life is important. It helps us feel more confident and boosts our happiness. But sometimes we struggle to perform. Our life gets in the way. This is where hymns can help. With their convenient and discreet online platform, you can get help for your erectile dysfunction from the comfort and privacy of your own home. No more waiting rooms, no more awkward conversations, just a simple, direct path to treatment that works around your life, not interrupts it. Invest in your health today. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand-name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site, and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free, no insurance is needed. If ED is getting you down, it's time you join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash investing. That's HIMS.com slash investing for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash investing. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety and effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. My first inclination would be to, you know, to just read a lot. You know, Seeking Alpha is a fantastic resource. There are other similar resources. Just read about, you know, dividend growth investing. 
follow a few bloggers like I did in the beginning and see what they do, see how they do it and what their approach is. One of the one of the exercises that I did along the way and that I wrote articles about is to survey other dividend growth bloggers. A lot of them actually publish their portfolio, right? Uh, like I do. Uh, I have a public portfolio. People can, can go and look at what I own and what other dividend growth bloggers own. And, you know, people that have been long, you know, for in this in this sort of dividend growth investing for a long time have established portfolios. And, and so what I did is I just surveyed all of them, made a giant spreadsheet, looked at which stocks are more most popular, and those become great candidates for, you know, for further research. That's how I would start. And then, you know, start small, you know, buy one stock. And, uh, you know, when you have when you have money next month, you know, buy another stock and so on. Slowly build up your portfolio over time. You're not going to get to 24 or 40 or, or 100 stocks immediately. But that's what's great about investing is you can just bide your time and, you know, and add slowly and learn as you go. I've never been a, a proponent for doing a watch list. I like to dive in and 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 get hurt when I make a mistake because that's how I learn best. <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> so you you mentioned the portfolio. Can you give us an example of one of the names in there that really excited you, or really excites you when you think about it today, and why? Well, my favorite stock right now for various reasons, is, is Texas Instruments, TXN. Preach. Great company, great great management. They are, they are, you know, they've been around since the 30s, 1930. They've changed the business model significantly over that time period. And then and now they are really focused on, you know, on increasing free cash flow, which which is the most important component for, for dividend growth and for, Stake, you know, for shareholder friendly operations. They bought back shares for a long time and, you know, they, they're, they're, they're a really good company. For somebody who's newer into investing, why is free cash flow so important? Well, free, free cash flow is really the, 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 the money that the company has available to either grow their own business or to you know, or to return to, to 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 shareholders and the ability to generate and increase over time, slowly increase free cash flow is is, is one of the best measures that that you could look at when when you're considering a candidate company. You know, I think earnings earnings growth is important. Revenue increasing revenue is important, but in the end, it is. Uh, what the company retains once they once they have disposed of all the responsibilities that 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 determines how much they can pay in a dividend or how fast they can grow that dividend. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. It's really not reinventing the wheel. I mean, you mentioned some of the resources I'm familiar with all of them. Those are some good resources. You're mentioning metrics, yield, free cash flow, growth. 
these are all pretty fundamental stuff and it sounds like it just kind of works right yeah you know there there are obviously other metrics that i that i look at you know for a company for example the sustainability of their dividend depends on how much of that you know money they assign to the dividend so if you take the dividend and divide it by the earnings you get the payout ratio or dividend divided by free cash flow you get a payout ratio that payout ratio cannot cannot be too high because if they if the company for some reason internal or external run into a problem and they and they don't generate enough earnings or enough free cash flow for a for a few years then their dividend would become would come under pressure so free cash flow is one of the metrics that i look at but i like i like to look at consistency you know consistency is is for me is the most important thing that i look at you know if i look at a 10 year graph of earnings i want to see it you know a consistent growth in that in the earnings the same for revenue free cash flow doesn't need to grow but it needs to be you know it needs to be positive for most of the of the 10 years and then things like i already mentioned the dividend safety score somebody else from have have a you know, I have a system and a service that you can subscribe to and get safety scores. I trust that that source as a as a as a good third party source for assessing safety, and so I look at that. You know, then things like yield and the the, the dividend growth, proven dividend growth over the past five years. Those are important components too. And one of the one of the metrics that I then use is to and and this is a old seeking alpha trick is to add the dividend yield and the five year dividend growth rate together to to come up with the so called chowder number, and the chowder number tells me what what I can expect from a dividend growth stock over the next few years. A high chowder number means in all likelihood this stock is going to it's going to do well. And then there's something like uh, called five-year uh, yield on cost calculation, which which is basically just a metric that says, how high can my yield on cost grow if I invest in the stock now in five years? That number is important for me because I want my portfolio to, you know, to generate income, but that income needs to be high enough. And so I look for at least 4% five-year yield on cost. In other words, all the stocks that I invest in, in five years, I want at least 4%, hopefully more, but a yield on cost of at least 4% in five years' time. So how do you approach, you mentioned the dividend consistency, raising it every year. How do you approach a company in your portfolio if you have a specific example, that would be awesome. Who either cuts the dividend completely or pauses their growth? How do you deal with that kind of a situation? I'm fairly, <clears throat> I'm fairly brutal when there's a cut. You know, company that cuts, I feel I, you know, I, I got, I feel in that case, I'm, I might have made a mistake in terms of figuring out or trying to determine if this is a company that really believes in, in dividend growth and, and. And, and paying shareholders 
a continually growing dividend. A company that that pauses or even you know just don't grow their dividend for a year or two, I look at the reason for that. And so, for example, one of the first companies that I invested in is Intel. And as soon as I invested in them, they, they decided not to increase their their dividend. And I thought, man, did I make a mistake here or what's going on? And there was a very good reason and, and well-published reason for them not to increase their dividend for a, for a few quarters. But then they resumed. And Intel is one of my best investments because I stuck with it. Another example is CV, CV. They made some large acquisitions, stopped increasing their dividend for two or three years and then resumed. And my re, and I stuck with uh, CVX and my returns are now over a hundred percent. My so-called home run, <laughs> home run stock. One of my home, home run stocks is one that returns all of my money, hundred uh, percent. You know, so uh, CVX is one of them. And then you know, in the in the COVID-inspired bear market, a lot of companies paused and you know, and even suspended their dividends. Disney is one of them. They they decided not to pay dividends anymore. But a company like TJX, um, they cut, they they suspended their dividend. And I stuck with him. And when the COVID, you know, when the concerns around the COVID pandemic started to ease ease up a bit, they went back to their old pattern of, you know, paying paying a dividend. If you look at their chart, it's really interesting. It's a beautiful, you know, upward curve. And then there's this, you know, this one year that there's just nothing. <laughs> but I'm I'm pretty positive that they're just going to continue with that and. And uh, you know, if we if we kind of put our finger over that one year, then it looks like a nice you know rising <laughs> chart. <laughs> so, if you had owned a Disney, I guess during that period, I'm not sure if you did or not, didn't. But if you had, would would what happened cause you to say, okay, we're done here, or would you have given them a, a pass because of what was going on with the business and and the with the world at the time? When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before Nerd Wallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access, wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. <clears throat> so I, I had maybe a handful, like five or, yeah, five or so stocks in my portfolio that suspended their dividends, including, by the way, I, I also own Disney at that point. And so I decided, you know, this, the, the big market drop happened in late February, March. Oh, wait, I decided to wait to December and see how things turn out. Um, one company that I did own that I never went back to is Ross, Ross stores because it didn't, 
<clears throat> it didn't appear to me like they were going to resume their dividend growth history, which is so sad because they, at that point, they had 49 years of, wow. of dividend growth. It's like, why did you stop? <laughs> one more. Uh, just one more and you would have been a dividend king. And, you know, so I, I decided to wait a year. And, and with Disney, I also waited until the end of the year. And then it would, it became apparent that Disney was not going to pay dividends anymore. And so I, I sold my shares. Um, and TJX indicated that they would resume their, their dividends. And so I stuck with that. So of the five, five or so stocks that suspended or, yeah, that sus suspended their dividends, I, I still own a couple. So can you, I guess, you mentioned dividend kings. Can you kind of talk through like dividend aristocrats and dividend kings for those listeners who are not familiar with those terms? Yeah, so dividend, dividend growth investing, in, in dividend growth investing, we have a lot of sort of model portfolios. Um, and the two that you've mentioned are, are, are still, you know, are examples of, of stellar companies. Dividend kings, just broadly is 50 years of, you know, uh, 50 year streak of dividend increases. That's amazing. You know, 50 years takes you back to, you know, the seventies and, and some of these stocks, um, are now, I think there's one that's now 68 years. <laughs> that's older than I am, which is, you know, my whole life, this company has been increasing their dividends. That's amazing. The dividend aristocrats is a, a more sort of a more select, which, which sounds interesting because it's only 25 years, but it's, it's a little bit more select because there are other criteria for becoming a dividend aristocrat membership of the S&P 500, a certain market, market cap and trading, trading volume. And then they also look at sector balance and things like that. So sometimes you can, you can have a, Dividend king, a stock be a dividend king, but not a dividend aristocrat. And people, people get confused about that, but there are other criteria to becoming a dividend aristocrat. And then, you know, the list that, you know, seeking alpha use users and readers would, would know very well is the so-called CCC list, which is dividend champions, contenders and challengers created by the the late David Fish, he, he, he tracked these dividend growth companies. The dividend champions are 25 years or more. The dividend contenders are 10 to 24 years of dividend consecutive dividend increases. And then the dividend challengers are five to nine years. And we've been, you know, we've been tracking a similar list ourselves on portfolio inside a site called dividend radar that is automatically generated from 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 data that we get from S&P. Yeah, speaking of portfolio insight, can you let us know what what is that and what's your role in helping with that? So a, a few years ago, I was approached by the founders of Portfolio Insight, and we collaborated in creating Dividend Radar. They were interested in, in my, you know, uh, by that time, my expertise in dividend growth stocks. And so we, you know, I helped them to create Dividend Radar. Um, 
because the one thing with the, the CCC list is, you know, it's a manual love of labor, but there is, you know, because it's such a, you know, such a large number of stocks, we're talking about over 700 stocks. It's really hard to do that manually. And so the founders of Portfolio Insight had, had a very good engine that they could utilize to create something that's automated. And so now we produce dividend radar on a weekly basis and it's updated every Friday and it's automatic, you know, which is great. And there are rules for membership of, of dividend radar. And, you know, we have very little, um, manual in input or in, in, you know, in insight into how that is generated. It's just based on these rules, which makes it easier to some extent to track, you know, dividend growth stocks. And that's published and it's freely, freely available to anybody who wants to download it. So what's the URL for that for people interested? The portfolio insight is portfolio dash insight.com. And then you can, you can just look at one of the tabs at the top is dividend, you know, it's dividend radar. That sounds like a great tool. That sounds like that would be very helpful, especially for, for people that don't have a lot of time to sift through 700 companies to decide, decide which one's going to be a good fit to, yes. to do some research on. And yeah, the spreadsheet that you download has, you know, a lot of metrics that, that, that is useful to, to, to doing a, um, you know, a sifting of, you know, of companies that match certain criteria. So we, you know, we have a lot of people that actually use that data. And then, you know, portfolio insight kind of, you know, they, they continued, you know, we could continued our collaboration and I advised them on creating the, this, the kind of tools that I, as a dividend growth investor, would like. I'm a very visually oriented person, so I concentrated and helped them to create some really good charting, charting tools. Things like the dividend yield channel, of which I wrote an article on Seeking Alpha a few years ago. The idea with dividend channels is it gives you a sort of a channel of overvalued and undervalued regions and as long as the stock, you know, is inside of that channel, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it, it tells you that you can either, you know, hold the stock or, or don't buy it. But when it goes outside to the, to the lower side, it means now is an opportunity to buy the stock. So, you know, because I'm a visual person, I look at charts a lot just to see, you know, consistency, momentum, and so on. And with the dividend yield channel, for example, it tells you, hey, this is a great opportunity to buy the stock because reversion to the mean, this whole idea that with a dividend growth stock, if the yield goes too high, people are going to start buying the stock and that's going to force the yield back down. Reversion to that mean is, is a, is a, you know, it's a so-called dividend yield theory principle that a lot of people have built investment services around. Yeah, that, that's that's cool. And I like how it, you know, you mentioned it's on the chart and it's, I, I'm trying to visualize, I'm basically visualizing almost like a channel. And so it kind of implies that 
these these values are changing over time as the financials inside the company change. So it's not like mm-hmm. some static thing when it comes to evaluating stocks. It's it's something that's dynamic and it changes and it's good to have those updates when things do change. Absolutely. You know, there's a, a similar chart built around earnings, right? And every quarter a company comes out with new earnings and also earnings estimates, you know, for the, you know, for the next, next one or two financial years. And as we get those earnings with portfolio insight, it updates the chart and it tells you whether, you know, with the new earnings, is it still a good company to be in or maybe a good company to invest in? Again, visuals for me is, is really important because I can look at a lot of stocks, you know, 10, 20 stocks quickly and, and just kind of browse through, you know, load a ticker and keep it on the same chart and then just load new tickers and, and see the same you know, see the same chart for, for, for a selection of, of candidates that I'm interested in. And, and that's, you know, that's really helpful to me. Numbers, you know, numbers talk, but, you know, there's ways of visualizing those numbers that, that make it easier for us humans to, to understand what, what's up, you know. Yeah, totally. Do you have any parting wisdom for somebody? Maybe they've, uh, you, you know, you have a, a long experience doing this. So I'm sure there's got to be ebbs and flows when it comes to doing this as a hobbyist. Do you have any parting words of advice for somebody who's maybe further along the path and they're frustrated or discouraged for whatever reason? Have you ever been there? And what would you say to them? Well, uh, you know, I think <clears throat> there's, Maybe two two components to that answer. One is, if something is not working, change, <laughs> change the change your approach. Um, if something is working, but the, there are external forces that are, you know, that are attacking your your strategy, stick with it. You know, if it if it's working and you're confident in that strategy, just stick with it. Be patient. You know, it's, you know, it's like the old joke is, you know, how do you eat the elephant? Not that, I, not that I eat an elephant, even though I'm from Africa, but how do you eat an elephant? Well, you know, one bite at a time. So with dividend growth investing, it's, it's a really long term game, you know, just one step at a time, one bite at a time and just be patient, you know, but if your strategy is not working, then investigate other approaches determine if your approach is maybe falling short a little bit and make an adjustment and then you know once you've made an adjustment give it a give it some time right give it some time to play out and be patient because that you know dividend growth investing is a is a very patient and a very long-term gain and don't worry about you know the traders that are making you know hundreds of percent on the on on a on a trade in a in a in a stock they are also losing you know hundreds of percent sometimes so you know it's interesting to hear you know somebody made seven six seven hundred percent on a stock but that's not a sustainable thing at least in my experience 
So I, I'd much rather sleep well at night and not look at what the stock market is doing every single minute of every single day. Because quite frankly, if the stock market takes a dive 10, 15%, that's a good time for a dividend growth investor because you can buy more shares for the same money than you did yesterday when, when everything was more expensive. So from that point of view, I think dividend growth investing is, is, is great. It, 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 you know, you, you just don't have to look at the stock market every day and you can, you know, you can be, you can feel safe. <laughs> with dividend growth. Yeah, that, that's that's some amazing advice. I agree. Well, Ferdy, we want to thank you for being generous with your time and all of your insights. It was really a great conversation with a lot of great advice, and I know people will get value from it. So you mentioned Portfolio Insight, portfolio-insight.com. Where else can people learn more about you and the things you have going on? My blog is at uh, divgrow.blogspot.com. And, you know, people can look at what I, what I do. I publish articles every week on my blog. Some of them obviously are links to Seeking Alpha articles, but I have a monthly review of my, of my portfolio. I just wrote one for, for July. And it has a lot of charts. So for us visual people, it's, it's fun to look That's at That's awesome. As well, well Ferdy, again, thank you very much for your time today. We really do appreciate it. And thanks for all the knowledge that you share, not only with us, but all the people that, that read your blogs. And I know they're getting a lot of great value from, from all your insights. So we appreciate all that you do and we appreciate your time today. So thanks again for joining us. And I guess without any further ado, I'll go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with the margin of safety. Emphasis on the safety. Have a great week. We'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com.